0: Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right. Welcome back to Inside Sources. Marty Carpenter, Leah Murray in for Boyd Matheson today. And uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. I think everyone knows this little bit of news. It's cold
1: outside. Oh, my goodness. It is so cold. <laughs> cool. I was telling you earlier, Marty, right? Like I went for a run this morning and that was a bad choice. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I'm, I'm looking at my watch. Uh, 21 degrees yeah. is what it's telling me right now. That's That's really cold. And cold is like... There's an inconvenience to it, right? And there there's like we can all sit here and kind of complain about the cold. But for a lot of people in our state, too many people in our state, the cold is like a real life and death kind of challenge, especially those who, you know, are are homeless.
1: Right, no, exactly. Because I was freezing and I did my cute little twelve minute jaunt because I was like, This is way too cold to be out here and there's yeah. something wrong with me. And I went home. Yeah. Right where it was warm yeah. because I had been running my heat, right? So yeah, there are people who don't have a home to run to at the end. You know, I mean, yeah. or at all, right? So they are just going to be out there in this 5-degree, 21-degree weather right yeah. now. Overnight, it got down to single digits. I think some places were minus digits, yeah. right? Um, so we've got Wayne Niederhauser, the State Homeless Services Coordinator, also the former Utah Senate president, to help us talk about this issue. Welcome to the show.
2: Uh, thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So can you talk to us about some of the challenges the homeless are facing, I feel like, Maybe we all kind of know, but, you know, be specific. What happens? What are the challenges for the homeless during extreme cold?
2: It's staying warm. (laughs) Simple as that. Um, I love that. Especially at night when the temperatures drop. And, you know, if you don't have a sleeping bag or a blanket, um, you know, most people have coats. Uh, then, you know, it's life threatening Your life is at risk. And so we're trying to mitigate that as much as possible.
0: One of the things that's been done to help mitigate that is building a, a warming center. I wonder if you could help us understand, uh, maybe it's just obvious because of the name, but help us understand, like, what is, a, what is a warming center? How does that differ from, like, a shelter? And And, you know, how helpful is that in these times?
2: Yeah, the county and the city and the state got together with uh, Unsheltered Utah, a provider, and we opened up the Central City Rec Center last night. And not just as a warming center, which is mostly a place where you go to get warm, but they were the, the people that came were able to sleep there last night in warmth.
1: So I'm wondering, just talk to me a little bit. I was reading the article on KSL.com. Um, talking about the First United Methodist Church and a group of advocates trying to have a place there for homeless to go, to come in from the cold. But in the article it says it can only operate several days at a time. Is it, can you just explain to me, is it the case that you, right, that a church cannot welcome homeless people in in the evening? Is there some kind of statute that prevents that from happening?
2: Uh, there might be some city ordinances to that okay. effect, um, and, you know, that's a, a city issue. Uh, but the Methodist Church has uh, graciously, on many nights this winter, opened up their uh, their church, the lower level there, so uh, people experiencing homelessness could spend a night on a cold night. And they've had, at times, 40 to 80 people, uh, Uh, sheltering at that church, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, They haven't been able to do that for the last couple of nights, and so uh, we uh, got together, stepped in, and opened up the rec center on 6th South and 3rd East.
0: So right now, I think a lot of people would say, hey, I've stepped outside. I know it's cold, and with that, it doesn't take a big leap for them to say, I'll bet there are some people who could use my help. How how do people go about that? What is the best way for someone listening to this conversation right now to say, yes. yeah, you know, I, I, I could do something. I could contribute somehow. Maybe I've got old coats that I could donate or something. What, what would you say is like the, the best way for them to go connect with the best opportunity to help?
2: Yeah. Thank you for that question. Um <clears throat> Most of our providers uh, receive donations. Coats, socks are a big deal. Um, hoodies, warm gloves, uh, those are uh, uh, hand warmers, <laughs> uh, they love hand, wa- hand warmers, uh, those can be donated to our places like the Road Home, the VOA, so go to their website, uh, they, I think you have to make some kind of an appointment to drop those things off and they'll receive those things, uh, those warm items to distribute. Also, if you have a little extra cash hanging around, uh, donate to the Pamela Atkinson Trust Fund. And when you're doing your taxes, do the checkbox and donate um, to that fund. That really helps us provide uh, services and shelter for those um, that are unsheltered.
1: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. was able to help 40 to 80 people. Um, And I'm wondering, I feel like the point in time count, which is where I think we kind of count all the people we have who are homeless, doesn't happen until next month. So maybe we don't have a denominator. But I'm wondering if you could tell us, you know, how many people didn't get into a warm shelter Monday night, or were you able to meet the needs of all of our homeless community?
2: Uh, No, you're not. I mean, there's a lot of people that remain unsheltered for a lot of reasons. And and some have had a bad experience in the the shelter or something, and they decide to remain outside. Uh, But we get data every week about uh, people that have been turned away from shelter. And uh, this morning we also got that data. It was uh, three to six people. There was a couple of nights where nobody was turned away. Uh, So I think we're actually – You know, right there, uh, we don't want to turn anybody away, and that's why we wanted to open up this additional shelter last night and for the next couple of nights when it's really cold.
0: Are there any other big um, concerns, or, uh, you know, (laughs) don't have to be big concerns, but challenges that that, uh, those who are trying to provide shelter or or clothing or any kind of relief for the homeless population, are are there any real challenges that – that you run into that, that may not be top of mind for like the average person, just thinking about how they could be helpful. Um, well,
2: uh, you know, they, uh, <clears throat> I spend, uh, on Friday nights with my wife, we go out and we, um, do outreach with a homeless population here in Salt Lake. People just want to be noticed. Say hello, you know, recognize people, uh, these are human beings, <laughs> and, you know, maybe they have some behavioral and mental health issues, you know, and if they, they don't respond, you know, you'd probably just want, you don't want to engage or force engagement. But uh, so many we talk to just want to be noticed. They want to be, they want people to say hello, uh, to be recognized as, uh, you know, a, a fellow
0: human being. Yeah, so important. Uh that's really, really interesting insight and I think an important one for us.
1: Yeah. Wayne Niederhauser, the State Homeless Services Coordinator. Thank you so much for the good work that you are doing and thank you for being on our show.
2: Uh, it, it was great to, to be with you. Thanks.
1: So this just kills me, right? So I love what he's saying is we're trying to get to the point where no one is turned away, right? But three to six people were or there are people who are out in the cold because they can't right they don't feel safe maybe or whatever is happening yeah. um
0: it, it's sort of like the the actual collision point between like trying to make the best policy you can that can work for everybody yeah. and have the resources available for everybody but not being able to make it fit like i don't i don't, we didn't we probably should have asked like what what was the reason those were turned those individuals were turned away and maybe it would have that information or not but if they You know that that could be any number of reasons. Is there a certain time that you have to be in by? Is there concerns about safety for people who are in the shelter? I I, I don't know how that goes, but like, there's always. That's actually pretty impressive to get it down to that small of a number. Right, I feel like we're on the cusp. Right, like
1: clearly, like we said, we don't know the denominator, so it's hard to know the fraction. But it sounds like we must be close to, you know, helping everyone. Yeah. All right, Uh,
0: go ahead. Yeah. Up next, Utah has joined five other states in signing a Colorado River proposal, but California. Not one of those states. Uh, Are you surprised, group. Marty? Not terribly surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out why not. Uh, more to come in Hour 2 of Inside Sources. Stay with us.
2: KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City.
0: Listen on the KSL News Radio app and in your car at 102.7 FM.
2: KSL News Radio,
0: Utah's all day companion for news.